Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Let me just start by saying all the discipleship ministries at Rock Church have the same goal, and that is to change lives. Thank you for the amen. And to change them for the better through Jesus. Now, just like we saw in this video, uh, we do that by offering groups, courses, and ministries that provide the opportunities. And let me emphasize that. The best we can do is provide you the opportunities to grow, but it's up to you to want to grow. And all of those opportunities will help you take steps closer to Jesus to grow and mature. I hope you know that every follower of Jesus can get stuck. Is anybody mature enough to say amen? Like you've been there, right? Every follower of Jesus potentially can get stuck in their growth process at various times and for different reasons. But here's the thing. Most followers of Jesus lack growth and maturity by one of two things or both together. By not putting themselves in a place to grow and or not knowing who they are in Christ. And if you're stuck as a follower of Jesus, it's usually one or both of those things that can happen. Don't we as the body of Christ want to see victory in people's lives? I mean, doesn't it excite you to see a testimony video like Vince's? If you're a follower, a disciple of Jesus, don't you want to see more victories in your life? I mean, are you tired of struggling with the same old in in certain areas? Don't you want to see victory in those areas? Don't you need more victories in your life? You want to be able to overcome any struggle you have in your relationship to others or any other area of your life. But don't lose hope or settle for less than what God intended for your life. So if you're one of those I described, you feel like you've been stuck for a season, don't lose hope. Because you can overcome. This morning, as I said, Tim McNulty and I are speaking to you about new life. So let's start with the new part of the title and look in your notes at letter A, being new in Christ. We are new creations. Now, do you really believe that or not? Or do you just think you're like, I'm not a new creation. I just puttied over the old stuff. There's no spackling in the Bible. There's no patchwork. If we are in Christ, we are new creations, brand new. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creation. Get what the scripture says. The old is gone and the new has come. See what I mean by believers get stuck either because they refuse to be in a place to grow or they don't know who they are in Christ. In Jesus, you are a new creation. That gets me right to letter B. That's the new part of the title. Now let's look at the life in Christ. All the benefits of being a follower of Jesus 
a new creation in him. That's what I want to list. So let's go through this and hold on because I'm going to go fast and it's a lot. And I'm not even covering everything that we have in Christ. First of all, we have a full life. John 10.10 tells us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Guess what full means in the Greek? Full, yes. It's not complicated. Full to overflowing is what we have in Christ. Romans 8, uh, 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating. Look, I know we just came off Christmas, but get a hold of this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit of holiness. Think about it. Those things are really what make up life. Righteousness, joy, and peace. There's other verses that emphasize who we are and what we have become because of a new life in Jesus. For example, there is freedom from the power of sin. Romans 6.6, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Not my words, the scripture. This is who we are in Christ. Now I know this may, may seem morbid, so please forgive my graphic illustration to drive this very scriptural truth home. And that is this. Have you ever seen a dead person sin? Have you ever seen a dead person get offended? Just as you are picturing that, again, I apologize, morbid picture of a dead person not being affected by those things, that's the biblical spiritual truth Paul is trying to get across to us. Just as if you were physically dead and a fence would bounce off you and you refuse to sin, that's the way we should be in Christ. Dead people don't get offended. I am dead in Christ and yet I'm alive in Christ. In my new life in Christ, the new benefits he has given me is the old man is dead and I don't have to get offended. Look what else we have. Power to overcome. Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I love this word. When when it describes more than conquerors, it's... It's trying to describe you didn't just defeat the enemy. You defeated them and you took over their territory. Think about that. When we overcome, it's not just that, okay, we defeated that struggle we're against. You not only defeat it, but you took over that territory. You now rule and reign in that territory with Christ. Man, that's such a good picture Because I think as Christians, we just think, okay, we'll just, I got to hold on until Jesus comes back. But we are more than conquerors. You know, when Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against his kingdom, he wasn't talking about the church being on the defensive. 
He wasn't talking like hiding behind the walls and hopefully the gate will keep us safe. When he says the gates of hell will not prevail, it's the gates of hell that will not hold the church back. The church will be victorious and we will be victorious. Here's some more. I'm sorry, I can get really, I can really get into this, but I gotta move on. We are adopted by God. We are adopted by God. Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, daddy, father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Here's another benefit. We can know God is for us. Know God is for us. Romans 8.31, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be? You and God are a majority. Over whatever enemy or struggle you have in life, you and God are the majority. And then lastly, peace in all things. Now I spoke to the men about this recently. Philippians 4.7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will what? Will guard. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now again, there's just some of what we have because of a new life in Christ. What other truths in Scripture could you find? What other truths do you know in Scripture because of your new life in Christ? And not only how many can you find, but how many do you believe? I mean, not only just believe intellectually, but believe so much you live it out every day. Because that's where the new life comes is not mental assent, it's life practice. The things you practice day to day are the things you really believe. So what do you believe about who you are in Christ? Let me just say this, if you're not experiencing these truths, the primary reason might be because you're dealing with hidden struggles or junk that is holding your back. I love what Vince said in his testimony. He thought he had it all together. Then he started going to new life and then he realized he didn't have it all together. What kind of stuff is holding you back because you think you've got it all together? You see, churches are made up with people who are not dealing with their hurts, their struggles, and their hindrances. The irony is the church should be the place where people should be discovering that stuff and dealing with it. We are not a church of perfect people. We are a church of broken people who have a new life in Christ. We just need to grow in that new life. Here's the command from scripture. Hebrews 12, 1 states, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, the scripture is talking about, yeah, literal race. But when it talks, the scripture talks about freedom in Christ, it's not talking about freedom to run wherever we want. Freedom in the scriptures, is always talking about what Hebrews is saying here. When you have hidden sin and struggles, it's like weights that you're trying to carry and like chains around your feet. 
and you're trying to run this race for Jesus, but those things are tangling you up and holding you down. And freedom in the scripture is loosing the chains, dropping the burdens, and running with the freedom that Christ provides. So if you're here today and you've repented of your sin and your sinful ways and made Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you've given your life to him, you are a new creation. A new way of life, a new life is yours. A full, victorious life is yours in Jesus. Now again, we have many discipleship ministries and groups that can help you find that new life and live out that new life to help you find out who you are in Christ and what you have. And one such ministry at Rock Church is called New Life. So coming to share a testimony about that new life is Sinley Neisler, followed by our New Life Director, Tim McNulty, who's going to share some insights as well. So Cindy, would you please grab your microphone there? Here, I'll get it. Thank you, Cindy. Why don't you share what Christ has done in you? My name is Cindy. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from unforgiveness, anger, and control. I joined New Life after the invitation from a friend. I felt completely broken. My heart was hard and in chains, filled with unforgiveness, anger, and bitterness. I was struggling to gain control of myself, and I believed that it was my job to fix everyone around me. I knew I needed help. I learned from childhood to hide and isolate, to not share my pain because I was ashamed and I saw it as weakness. With my life in chaos, I couldn't see God in any of this, and I believed that he had given up on me. The first three weeks of new life, I fought with myself the whole way here, telling myself I wasn't going to go wasn't going to do this, and likewise the whole way home, I was not going back, and I was not going to share my story with anyone. I was afraid that if they knew me, I mean really knew me, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. Around the fourth week, I cried out to God, and I asked him why. I asked him where he was, and I admitted that I needed him. God revealed to me that he was there all along. I just needed to reach out and let him into my life. That night in new life, I finally took down my walls and started to share what was happening in my life. The Holy Spirit showed me that I needed to believe and trust in Christ to heal me and give him the control. He showed me I needed to let people in and get back to my community of believers. The people in new life did not judge or condemn me, but instead they welcomed me. I'm fully known and fully loved. And they encouraged me through my healing process. When I let go and allow God to take control, my heart started to soften. I could feel the chains of unforgiveness and anger start to fall, replacing them with joy and peace. God sees me as his child. God did not cause my pain, and I believe that he has a plan to bring good from it. I cling to Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Because of Christ, my life today has changed. God, through Christ, has forgiven me. He changed my heart so that I could forgive the people that had hurt me. He placed in my heart love and compassion for them. 
With the help of the Holy Spirit in step eight, I was led to ask for forgiveness from those I had hurt. Followed by making amends in step nine. Through this, I'm seeing changes in them and in myself, leaving, leading to reconciliation. Crisis freed me from my fear of letting others in by instilling in me the importance of community. I am not finished. God is still changing me. I know he has a plan for me, and I need to seek him daily, knowing I can trust him in all things, and that all things are possible with Christ. If I could encourage you, I would tell you when I started, I did not believe it was possible to have peace and joy in my life. Stick with it. God will give you the strength to do it, and he will grant you a peace that passes all understanding. And complete joy as you seek and trust in him to heal your heart. I thank God for new life. In closing, I'd like to give you this encouraging word from Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. My name is Cindy. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from unforgiveness, anger, and control. Man, that is powerful. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, my name is Tim. I have a new life in Christ, recovered from alcohol, pride, and fear of man. And it's pretty fearful being up here. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but God is changing church culture. Amen? The last two years, God is changing church culture. We are no longer afraid of what we're carrying in this door. We are learning to become, to be fully known and fully loved. All of us, and that is that is the way God wanted it. So, good morning. I want to start off with the Matthew nine twelve. Jesus said, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick." I just want to ask you, what areas or areas in your life are you not well? This passage tells us that Jesus came for the sick. It's kind of ironic that we're just uh, celebrating the day <laughs> that Christ came into the world was for us. Have you ever admitted you are sick and need help? As Pastor Steve mentioned, it's sad that the church isn't the first place that people go or it's the first place that Christians will come and unload what's really going on in their lives. So think about that. This is what God created for us to be well and to be healthy, but we're not using it. Do you want to get well? It's really the main question today. Do you want to get well? In John 5, 1 through 15, there's a story about a pool in Jerusalem where people were healed. And this morning, I would like to make some comparisons with the man that's by this pool with maybe some of you today. In verse 5, we learn that there was a man who had been going to that pool for a long time, 38 years. And this is a healing pool. 38 years he was going to this pool. And if you're taking notes, uh, A is admit the first step to freedom is to admit your struggle. John 5, 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? You're going to hear this quite a bit through the service, but there's a list of 100 plus struggles out there at our, at our table. I encourage you strongly 
<laughs> don't leave without that in your hand. Because that, just looking at those struggles will, will get you to think, and I, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will change your life. There will be people there at the table that have gone through, through new life that will gladly uh, talk to you about any one of those items on there. So don't be afraid, don't feel ashamed, and don't feel guilty to go up there and take one of those sheets. There's also struggle lists out there where you there's information to biblically overcome any of the struggles. And a lot of those struggles are on that 100-plus list sheet. We all have struggles. We all have that 2% that we're not going to tell anyone, like we're going to take it to the grave kind of thing. But what's crazy is Jesus knows. What's even more crazy is we hide it from our brothers and sisters, yet in doing that, we're harboring sin from Jesus, in Jesus' eyes. So what's your 2%? And do you want to get well? How long have you been living with it? How long have you been hiding it? Again, God made the church the place for the broken to come and receive new life. And I just keep comparing it to yesterday. Christ came, the light into the world, to give us new life. And Pastor Steve was talking about action. Are you going to put action to that? It's not ironic that we're all here today. God is always pursuing us. A lot more than we pursue him, God is always pursuing us. We can be near a place of healing, a pool, the church, and not want to be made well. We come to church, and we still live in sin. We come to a church and might have a recovery ministry, and we don't go. But God is capable of freeing you, but you may not want to be healed. A lot of times we've become comfortable in our sin, in our struggle. It has become a part of me. We like to manage it, although a lot of times it manages us. You even have excuses for why you, you can't get well. And being your notes is isolates. Sin isolates you, pulls you back from community. In new life, you will immediately find a supportive community the minute you walk through those doors. The man at the, the pool told Jesus in verse 7, I can't surf where I have no one to help me into the pool. The man at the pool had no one to help him. Why? Evidently, he didn't live in community. He was there by himself. He isolated in his problems, in his pain, in his discomfort. But in a sick way, he was comfortable just going there for 38 years, going right up to the edge of healing. But I'm comfortable. In New Life, we learn to live life in community, to live authentic. Authenticity is one of our core values, but authenticity breeds authenticity. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. That's why the small groups in New Life are so powerful because we're, we're real. The more we're authentic, the more we're vulnerable. As we're sitting there, we're, we're realizing, man, if you're going to share that, if you're carrying that, I'm going to tell you what I got. That's kind of what Vince was alluding to in his testimony. In 1 John 1, 6-7, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is why the church is kind of labeled hypocrites. We claim we know Jesus, but we're walking in darkness. We're carrying sin. 
and the, the non-believer loves to rail us on that. We live in community, not separated by our struggles in new life. We all come together with our idols, misplaced worship, brokenness, and watch God change our hearts. We all have idols. Idols are anything that takes the place of God. Anything I go to that God could give me, that I'm going to that instead to try to get it, and that's a counterfeit. It's always going to take me down the wrong path. So how do you get rid of your idols and sins? And sins? In community. On Monday nights, the broken come and see a community of people living a new life, unashamedly proclaiming the good news of Christ and sharing the truths of God. This ministry is for the broken, the lost, the searching Christian, the stuck Christian, the longtime Christian, the saint. In other words, it's for everybody. Everybody can use this. If you take notes again, the uh, see the change, the age, the the word is Jesus. The change agent is Jesus. We have a powerful curriculum in new life, but Jesus is the one that changes us. Your healing from Jesus will require some effort on your part. Unhealthy parts of your life will receive healing. Our curriculum is daily. It is daily application, and it is soaked with scripture. If I can get through this real quick without my, my mouth sticking together, I want to read you. <laughs> the freedom you hear in these testimonies didn't just happen. We went to war against our flesh daily. A lot of, you'll hear a lot of us, we're, we're done. We're not going to go there again. But we showed up. We helped each other put into practice some very important principles. We admitted our struggles and sin. We came to believe in a holy God that loves us. We trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. We ask God to examine our hearts and point out anything that is not of him. We confess to God, our small group, recovery partners, and our mentor. We truly repented with a godly sorrow for our sins. We accepted that to follow Christ means to pick up or shoulder my cross daily. We forgave those whose sin harmed us. We made amends. We ask forgiveness from those we hurt because of our sin. We now continue daily in this new life. We learn to become intimate with God through daily time and prayer with him. We became ministers of reconciliation and peacemakers. If you really want to be free from your struggles, God can begin a sanctification process today. Believe it or not, you are in a war right now, whether you're going to go to that table, pick up that 100-plus struggles, whether you're going to register for new life, or you're just going to come to this pool, come to this healing, come to this chance to have a, a new life with Christ, or you can just leave and nothing changes. God loves you. Jesus was born for such a time as this. Get the struggles list. Talk to someone. Get in the pool. It's not too cold, man. <laughs> get in the pool. Tell someone from New Life your struggle. Come out in the comments, talk with us, and sign up for God's regeneration plan. You can also sign up on our website at rockchurchnow.com. For those of you online, online, you will find a link in the comments that will take you right to the registration for New Life, and there is also a way to download the 100-plus struggles. So right now, Brenna has graciously agreed to come up and share her testimony. My name is Brenna. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from unforgiveness, sexual sin, and anxiety. 
Before New Life, I knew something was missing from my life and that my heart was in a place that wasn't leading me closer to Christ. My shame and guilt kept me from wholeheartedly facing Christ, and I felt like I couldn't admit my sins to myself or anyone. I loved my sin, yet it was destroying me. I kept a distance in most of my relationships, and I built up walls towards those who hurt me. I thought my unforgiveness was punishing the people who hurt me when it only was hurting me both spiritually and physically. I was extremely bitter towards those who hurt me through their words and actions because I felt like they should have protected me. I harbored that anger and told myself that if I put up walls, then I couldn't be hurt like that again. I started to believe the lie that I'm not worth people's time and that no one needed me. I became insecure and developed social anxiety, and even though I craved meaningful relationships, I avoided the opportunities for that to happen. I had issues from childhood that I never really addressed, and since I felt everyone viewed me and my family as perfect, I thought I couldn't be truly real around anyone. I was afraid to show the real me and admit I had issues too. I developed many unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with my hurt and stress, and oftentimes resorted into pits of unhealthy thinking. I became enslaved to my thoughts and for years wrestled with lust and sexual sin. I was always, it was always a temporary escape from reality, and in my mind I thought it was helpful for coping with my loneliness and anxiety. I was ultimately allowing the devil to rent space in my head, and I thought God was angry with me and, I was, and was going to hold out blessings on my life because of my poor choices. I struggled with accepting God's grace. Despite all of these struggles, I thought I was strong enough to fix myself, but I was quickly humbled when I tried and failed. New Life taught me in step four, inventory, that I idolized pleasure, approval from others, and self-protection. Through the past year, I've had to fight hard to change my thought patterns and desires. I kept my focus on Psalm 5110, which says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I had to ask Christ every day to give me desires that were honoring to him and to help me in times of temptation. During the first few months, I thought I could rush the process, and I almost hoped that Christ would change me overnight. I was impatient and doubted what God was doing. I felt like a failure, I hated confessing when I sinned, and I had to deal with my weaknesses face on. Sometimes I felt like I was walking backwards. According to James 1.14, we are all enticed and led astray by our own desires. My flesh wanted me to stay comfortable in my sins, isolation, and destructive thoughts. I fell down many times, and though I felt like all of it was pointless and that I'd never change, the Holy Spirit kept reminding me why I was taking new life, and he gave me the strength. I truly learned what it meant to lean on the Lord for strength and admit I needed his help and other godly people's help. God used many people in my life to carry me along in this journey. My small group, recovery partners, leaders, and my mentor. Their prayers and support is another reason why I made it through, and I'm so thankful. There is nothing more freeing than being fully known, yet fully loved. I learned how deep Christ's love is for me, and that he doesn't punish me for my sins. He isn't holding out blessings for my poor past choices. In fact, now that I'm even more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I can see how much he has moved in my life and blessed me, especially this past year. I'm more eager to be obedient to the Lord because I know that's the only thing that brings true satisfaction and contentment. My favorite memory verse from New Life was Psalm 139, 23-24, which says, 
Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God's not finished with me. I still wrestle every day. However, now I can say that I no longer love my old sinful, sinful patterns. I have gained many new tools to fight negative, anxious, and sinful thoughts. I am willing to forgive others. I recognize that God loves me, and I know that he has a specific purpose for me. I would like to encourage everyone by saying that God can do amazing things through anyone for those who have a humble and obedient heart. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.